This is a special edition on 102.3 KRMG, Tulsa's News and Talk. The KRMG Morning News 8 a.m. in-depth hour starts now. Our top story on the KRMG Morning News with Dan Potter. It's Oklahoma's new gun law, which allows most adults to carry firearms without a permit or training. It faced a last-minute court challenge, but a judge in Oklahoma County District Court yesterday ruled that the new statute is constitutional and that it does not violate the multiple subject or log rolling provision of the state constitution. We'll spend a lot of time today discussing what that means for gun owners, for police, and for the public at large. KRMG goes in-depth. We're going to begin with KRMG's Russell Mills. Major Laurel Roberts joined TPD's support division just last month, so she came in to talk with me. With 24 years' experience on the force, she's seen a lot of changes to our laws, and gun laws in particular have morphed several times in recent years. Under this law, a citizen could carry a sidearm, shotgun, or rifle in public without training or a permit. Anyone over the age of 21 that's not disqualified, that's not committing a crime... And then, of course, anyone that's 18 who's either an active member of the military or has an honorable discharge from the military. She doesn't believe this will have a major impact on police operations. We have had the Self-Defense Act where we've had law-abiding citizens carry firearms for a long time. And those individuals now are going to still carry a firearm. They're just not going to be required to be permitted to do so. And we didn't have significant change when they were permitted carrying them. So I just don't anticipate this much change from that. Don Spencer is founder and president of OK2A, the Oklahoma Second Amendment Association. He tells me that this law does have some important restrictions. I want to make sure it's clear that it doesn't mean that you just start carrying a gun. You need to make sure you're familiar with uh, uh the laws and where you can and cannot carry, if you're not for sure, do not carry there. Do not carry a gun in your bare hands. That could be considered brandishing. It must be in a holster, a sling, a scabbard, or in a case before it can be legally carried. And as Major Roberts noted, there are also restrictions on who can carry. There are certain disqualifications. Felony records, um, mental health issues. There, there are a few. Drug users, Drug users, people that have protective orders, people that have domestic violence-related issues. Yes, things like that. Now, before the judge's ruling on Wednesday, State Representative Jason Lowe, who filed that lawsuit, told me he will not rest until this law gets overturned entirely, possibly by a vote of the people. I believe it was ran through. It was ran through the legislature. This was a, a campaign promise. This was the first bill signed by the, the governor. Uh, and, you know, you can't become a top-ten state uh, with legislation and, and laws like this. And and so that's why we're vehemently against it. Khaki Porch with Moms Demand Action promises they'll be turning up the heat on lawmakers. People I don't think were really aware what was happening at the Capitol this legislative session. And um, and they will know next session. I mean, there are so many volunteers are have joined and are engaged to um, advocate at the Capitol next session. Meanwhile, asked directly if he would support a vote of the people on this issue, Mr. Spencer told me no. I would oppose it based on the simple fact that our Second Amendment right to shall not be infringed to be able to carry firearms should never have to be voted on because it's already a constitutional right. So therefore, I see it a waste of time, money, and effort on everyone's 
uh, uh, both sides of this issue. But he says if there was a vote, he thinks permitless carry would survive. Russell Mills, 1023 KRMG, Tulsa's News and Talk. Issues that matter to you. Expanded on the KRMG Morning News 8 a.m. in-depth hour. At 8.05, Dan Potter with Rick Corey and joined in the studio by Tulsa attorney and former congressional candidate Tim Gilpin. Good morning. Good morning. Nice to be here. You have, uh, since we asked you a few days ago to come on this show, I know you've been studying hard on all of the aspects of this law. What has surprised you most? Gosh, there's a couple of things here. You know, not it, it's 21 or above for open or concealed carry. Unless military, right? Unless military. If you're 18 and above military. Uh, there's some interesting things about parking lots are fair game unless it's a public school, in which case in a public school parking lot, it has to be concealed. You can't see it. Uh, hmm. There's an interesting provision. I mean, just as a side note, judges may carry a firearm. Uh, it looks like if you read the entire set of statutes, they may carry it in the courthouse, but not the courtroom. Okay, maybe the best way to break this down is is to do who, well, we've already established who. Let's do where and, and when it's permissible for uh, a property owner or a business to say no. So where can you not carry even with this new law? Sure. A property owner, an entity, a business owner can always put up that little sign that says no. You can't bring a firearm in here. So that's still there. Um, for instance, a public park. Yes, you could bring it into a public park, but there's a provision you can't bring it into a structure in a public park, a building, if there's a no carry sign up. Um, another interesting provision uh, that probably applies to the gathering place, Scissors Tail Park, is that a zoo or a park owned by a public trust, think River Park, something like that, or a nonprofit entity. You cannot open carry, but you can conceal carry in that type of place. Hmm. Uh, Tulsa County Sheriff Vic Regalado came in, and one of the first things Rick wanted to know from him is, you know, the same thing, where you can and where you cannot take your weapon. So let's see what he said. Everybody's talking about their rights, but other people have rights too. Business owners, those kinds of things. Where do you think the biggest misunderstanding might come? Lack of education in regards to what open carry truly means. So there's still private businesses, schools, government buildings still have the ability to tell you that you cannot open carry within their facilities or buildings uh, or their property. Um, You know, so I think that uh, for people who do not understand it, there could be some issues there. Um, And again, you know, at the end of the day, I think that oftentimes we kind of overlook that the overwhelming majority of our citizens are law-abiding, common-sense folk. Yep. And I think that uh, that will prevail. But will we have some incidents? Absolutely. That, that's just a given any time that you have something like this going into uh, into play. The biggest thing that I want your listeners and everybody else to understand is if you are going to carry in that fashion, somebody may call on you and the police may arrive. Simply listen to the directions of the officers at that point in time so that nobody gets hurt. If you do not agree with how the officers approached you, there is a time and a process in which to articulate your displeasure with your contact with law enforcement. It is not at that point in time. That's what causes me the greatest concern, to be quite honest with you, especially when you talk about traffic stops. And one of the things you mentioned there, and I think people do have a misunderstanding, you said private business. I Mm -hmm. mean, business by nature can be open to people and it's still a business and you still have that right. Is that correct? That's correct. They do have uh, the ability to say you cannot carry inside of my store or my business. 
So public access is kind of the biggest one. If it's open to the public, then it's also available for people to open carry. That makes it unique in some places like the Gathering Place, which we've heard a lot of stories about. We can't quite figure it out. Do you guys know? Well, I would tell you that uh, we're kind of in the same boat. My understanding is that they have designated themselves as a private entity. And if that's the case, then they do have the ability to say no. But that's something for, uh, I think, the, the civil law community to figure out whether they're private or public or both. What about something like uh, we heard we heard the Oktoberfest thing as well? That's restricted access. It's not open uh, to everybody. You have to come through typically designated entrances, and you do have to pay to get in. So they can designate that as a gun-free zone. Also, where liquor is sold and beer is sold, things like that, you know, which also is part of Oktoberfest, you are restricted from carrying in those places as well. And that's casinos, bars, and things like that. This isn't just pistols. This is rifles and shotguns and all those kinds of things. How much do you expect calls to go up? You know, I I don't anticipate them, uh, those type of scenarios happening frequently. Can they? Will they? Yeah. You know, again, there's people that, despite the preaching from law enforcement and the uh, insistence that those scenarios be avoided because there's really no good reason to do that, are there those that want to push the limits? Absolutely. They're they're always around, and they're the ones that cause the biggest headaches. But I would ask them to think about that because our children, the way things are going over the last few decades— that's going to cause people to become scared. The trickle-down effect is that they're going to call the police. The police are going to have to respond to this call only to find out that you're just doing this to prove a point. When we answer that call, you're taking us away from another call that we sh- could be answering. You know, So it's depleting our resources. So those are things that I would ask people to take into consideration before they decide to go do something like that. Tulsa County Sheriff Vic Regalado speaking with our own Rick Corey. We're joined in studio by attorney Tim Gilpin who has put together a pretty tight list of places that specifically are specifically outlined in this law that you cannot carry. So let's run those down. Sure, glad to do it. Okay, you cannot carry concealed or otherwise in a, a, a government building, city, town, county, state, or federal government building, unless you're an official with, there's an exceptions there, uh, a courthouse, courtroom, prison, jail, detention facility. Again, there are some exceptions for officials, uh, public, uh, private, Elementary or secondary school, there are some exceptions for staff. We can get into that later. Uh, sports arena, unless the arena allows for the event, uh, for that particular event. Gambling, you cannot take it into a place of gambling unless the property owner specifically allows it. Interesting that they came at it from a different direction in banning it, but allowing the business owners then to reverse that if they choose to. We have a text question at 95920 asking if his wife, if the guy says, can my wife carry in her purse? Can she concealed carry? But in the answer to that, if you have a license, you can. Without it, you still can't? That, no, no. You can still conceal carry, assuming it's for a lawful purpose, which is very broad, which includes self-defense, recreation, things of that sort. So very broad. Um, yeah, you can carry it's concealed or unconcealed. Uh, and this is a pretty common question, I think, too. Regarding the no permit to carry needed law, what about those with uh, marijuana cards? What, uh, I mean, that's that's where federal law comes into play here, right? What is, what is this, does this law address that in any way? But that's a great question. Um, what it does address is people convicted of a felony um, or on probation. Right. They cannot, right? Uh, or someone a judge adjudicated a delinquent or a youthful offender, they cannot within 10 years of that adjudication. Um, 
you haven't committed a crime if you have a marijuana card. Yeah, so under the state law, it, right. it, it's permissible. However, uh, it's a Schedule One narcotics still with right. Uncle Sam, and so uh, your federal background check. I how does that how does that play into it? But you know that's a, that's the real big red hot question in legal circles right now is state a variety of states around the country you can do it now you've got the marijuana card but what if you have a job that has some federal requirements background checks and things mm-hmm. of that sort so that's going to work its way through the courts to be honest with you and hopefully congress soon attorney tim gilpin is with us it's an 8 a.m in-depth hour on constitutional carry going into effect tomorrow 1023 krmg tulsa's news and talk where we tell you the three big things you need to know every 15 minutes all day now back to the krmg morning news 8 a.m in-depth hour okay 8 20 on the KRG morning news halloween day we're talking constitutional carry with attorney tim gilpin we asked uh, senator james langford about it earlier there are a lot of other states that already have constitutional carry and i remember a lot of these same conversations happening around open carry uh, that there were individuals that stood up and said okay if we have open carry it's going to be the wild west there's going to be shootings everywhere that has proven not to be the case. And I think that will be the same with constitutional carry. I think most individuals will choose not to carry a firearm. They're just not comfortable. They're not trained. Uh, they're not prepared legally for what that means uh, because the, there is nothing that changes in that situation. I've had individuals that caught me and said, a person that cannot legally carry a firearm as of tomorrow will be able to. That's not true. Hmm. If you have a felony background, if you have other prohibitions from having a firearm, that still remains the same. So you still have to be legal to carry a firearm to be able to do that. And I think most individuals will choose not to. And I think things will look basically the same the next day in Oklahoma. Attorney Tim Gilpin is with us looking at this law and the specifics of it. Okay, the answer to the medical marijuana question. Pull the email. Okay. Uh, the new law states, a medical marijuana patient or caregiver licensee shall not be denied the right to own, purchase, or possess a firearm, ammunition, or firearm accessories based solely on his or her status as a medical marijuana patient or caregiver licensee. The new state law does not change, of course, federal law in which uh, cannabis is a Schedule One drug. So yeah, somebody who's using a Schedule One drug under the eyes of the feds and maybe commits a federal crime while possessing even state legalized cannabis is probably going to be in a whole lot of trouble. So there you go. Uh, text question at 95920. Tim Gilpin, can you carry uh, in a post office? It's a government building, and that's expressly excluded. Federal, yeah. state, city. Can you carry in the pocket of your pants or jacket without a holster? It just says uh, open or concealed, concealed or unconcealed, so it doesn't specify. But don't be carrying it in your hand walking around because that could be considered brandishing. Yeah, I wouldn't do that. Okay. Uh, it's interesting that it, it, it covers a lot of other things besides guns. No, that's I. Well, in fact, the when Representative Jason Lowe filed his lawsuit to try to stop this thing and that was overturned or his request was denied yesterday for the temporary injunction, uh, his whole challenge involved that other stuff like brass knuckles and knives, and he said that that violated the so-called log rolling provision of the Oklahoma Constitution, in which you're not supposed to combine two unrelated things in one new law. But the judge said, well. 
that's that's well they're specious. all weapons yeah they're all weapons they're all weapons as opposed to i think what that what really what log rolling is about is politicians backdoor dealings you know i've, I've got a bill on guns you've got a bill on banking you've got a bill on oil and gas regulation let's get together and get all our votes together so i'm going to put it all in one bill to pass and you know yeah. our founders were pretty rough and tumble guys they didn't like backdoor dealings and by politicians so what else is included besides just what we think of as a pistol or a long gun Think about a uh, pistol, think about a long gun, think about a machete, a blackjack, a loaded cane. So James Bond is happy. A loaded cane? A loaded cane. I am going to have to get one. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's it's covered now. No, they're talking about a cane that shoots, not one that has a little shot glass at the top. Uh, That's a different kind of loaded cane. If you loaded both ends, it'd be more fun. (laughs) It'd be more fun. Uh, a, A hand chain or metal knuckles. So that's all contained in here. So you can carry brass knuckles. That I'm just wondering about legislators sitting around trying to come up with what a loaded cane is. I, yeah, I can imagine that'd be the case. And you mentioned, too, there's a couple of things like, uh, for instance, immigrants. That's right. The law specifically states what it refers to as um, illegal aliens or persons unlawfully here uh, are not covered by the law. They may not carry concealed or unconcealed uh, in their, on their person, in their vehicle, or in their home, or any home that they're staying in for any period of time. Is this something we're going to see tomorrow so can people open carry an ar-15 just strapped to their back walking down the street or sidewalk it's a great gun i have one it's awesome i just don't i'm not comfortable seeing people just walking down the road with it strapped to their back it's going to be a jarring sight for even strong 2a supporters i think when they see that first ar-15 or whatever strapped to somebody's shotgun strapped somebody's back walking down the street well, you know, even before this law passed, that was that was legal because, you know, we've been at open farmer's carry, markets sure. and seen folks with AR-15s um, and guns out in the open. This just means you don't need a license and you don't need to go through the Self-Defense Act and other things. So the answer is yes, unless you fall under one of these excluded areas. Our top story on the KRMG Morning News with Dan Potter happening now. We are spending the 8 o'clock hour exploring constitutional carry in depth. After a legal challenge to the Oklahoma's new permitless carry law fell short yesterday, a judge dismissing the case late yesterday afternoon. State Representative Jason Lowe, who filed that lawsuit, tells me ultimately he wants that law overturned completely, and he believes most voters are with him. We're not going away whatsoever. You're going to hear a lot more about us. You're going to hear about more about this issue. Because um, we're going to use every tool in the toolbox, uh, and we're, we're going to continue to fight this dangerous law. His plans include an appeal of Wednesday's decision and possibly a ballot initiative which would amend the state constitution. Russell Mills, 1023 KRMG, Tulsa's News and Talk. Issues that matter to you. Expanded on the KRMG Morning News 8 a.m. In-Depth Hour. Dan Potter, Rick Corey, and attorney and former congressional candidate Tim Gilpin is with us. And Tim has been, as a lawyer, taking a very close look at this law. Let's get into a couple of things we've gotten by text at 95920. Uh, and some people, I think, forget that the scope of this law is is just about being able to possess a firearm in Oklahoma without having a state-issued permit or mandatory state training. Um, because we're getting questions like, what about armor-piercing bullet restrictions? Uh, what about uh, the liability of shooting an attacker and wounding a bystander? 
None of these things are covered in this, right? No, this is just about your ability to carry concealed or open in Oklahoma under certain circumstances. Okay. Oh. However, to that point, that wouldn't change the, the other laws on that. I mean, the law no. is the law. And, right. it, and, this, and these, this set of statutes, it's going to become effective midnight tonight, expressly say, unless otherwise stated in other laws. Okay. Um, one of the ways in which you could carry would be in a vehicle. Does the law address that specifically? Boy, it does. It does in a couple of places. You can carry a pistol, handgun, loaded or unloaded at any time in a vehicle. The circumstance, though, for a pistol, a handgun, is it has to be in either an internal compartment or an external. Think of your trunk of your car when you're doing it. Now, the other interesting thing is you can carry a long gun, but uh, it cannot be chambered. Okay, so let's stop there for a second. I'm picturing somebody who's walking who is, say, they have a gun on a, in a holster on their hip. Mm-hmm. They get to their car, they get in their car, they cannot leave that gun in the holster on their hip. They have to take it out then and store it in the glove box? Yeah, as I'm reading it, you're going to have to put it in either an internal compartment or an external compartment of the of the vehicle uh, and transport it that way. And as we heard Sheriff Vic Regalado say, if you're stopped... You better you better tell them when they walk up, and they're going to ask. And he said, "Here's the other thing." He called it furtive movements. So if you ask somebody about it, and they're they're being kind of you know a pill about it, and then you reach for your glove box, even if you're just going to show them, it's like he says, we can't read your mind. More specifics on the new law and how the Tulsa County Sheriff's Office plans to deal with it. Here's Sheriff Regalado talking with Rick earlier this week. What we did is remind our deputies nothing has changed in terms of an approach when we see guns. You know, that immediately uh, uh, sounds the alarms for us um, because we don't know who you are. And, and I kind of uh, liken it to a traffic stop. You know, traffic and stops are inherently dangerous because we do not know who is behind the wheel. And so knowing that, we do we you know, employ different tactics, different approaches to lessen uh, the chance of uh, becoming uh, involved in an officer-involved shooting or, or um anything else that might compromise our safety. And so much like that, the same will exist for uh, open carry. So when we have individuals that are carrying down the streets of Tulsa uh, and, and carrying an open firearm, uh, they may not be doing anything, but you know we still, again, don't know who they are. And when other citizens call, and they will um, until we get used to that, um, we have to be careful in our approach. You know, safety is still paramount. And then from that point in time, when I have been telling people publicly is that it's also uh, imperative that our citizens who choose to carry in that fashion understand that when we approach you, it is absolutely vital that you listen to the directions of officers. Um, because past that, then we could potentially look at, at some issues uh, um, and some tragedies occurring. And, uh, you know, but I want to point out that uh, open carry is uh, something that is has been implemented in 12 other states. There has been no increase in gun violence. Um, you know, it, I don't know in regards to statistical information whether it is decreased violent crime or not, but it hasn't increased it. And there's been no incidents that I'm aware of that have been directly attributed to open carry. And I believe that after November 1, you're not going to see a blip on the radar. What we have seen uh, in past experiences when we have, uh, for instance, when we went to concealed carry or open carry, I'm sorry, open carry, you know, there was a lot of concern of, of, of safety and, and what was going to happen and 
and things like that. And I don't think anybody can tell me that they, you know, are aware of any differences. And I think the same will exist with open carry. The fact is, at the end of the day, law-abiding citizens will be responsible uh, in how and when they carry. They will be responsible in getting the training necessary. People kind of have this belief that all the open carry doesn't – there's not a a, uh, a a part of open carry that says you have to be trained. Again, most people with common sense go get the training and, and, and you know – Despite that. And I think the statistics uh, in regards to training centers for firearms, um, they're everywhere now. I suggest that people are getting are seeking out training. So, again, at the end of the day, criminals don't abide by laws. So kind of X them out. Law abiding citizens will be responsible, responsible in how they carry and when they carry and the training necessary to carry. And the only issues that we have seen are people who try to push the limits. Those, uh, you know, we've had Second Amendment defenders that will uh, purposely create a situation in which officers have to respond. I think that's irresponsible. Um, And I don't see the point in it because, quite frankly, law enforcement is probably one of the biggest defenders of of the Second Amendment rights as well as all rights. Um, So those have been the issues, uh, but they've been minimal. And I, again, I believe that... uh, your average citizen here in Tulsa will, won't see a blip on the radar in regards to open carry. What's your biggest single concern as we get started? That there will be people who will try to, to uh, compromise officers in, in, a, in, in the belief that we will violate their Second Amendment. Um, and that's simply not true. But the problem with that is that typically that causes fear in the, in the community. It, it, people who aren't aware of what open carry truly means, who aren't familiar with firearms, um, will see somebody walking near a park or walking near a school with a, with a firearm. And that causes people concern. You know, and now those phone calls are going to come in and we have an obligation in law enforcement to respond to those. And again, we will arrive not knowing that you're simply trying to, to press an issue um, or, or you know, make uh, uh, the news um, or try and compromise us from a litigation standpoint. We don't know who you are. You know, so the approach for us, that's going to be the problematic approach for law enforcement. And thus far in other states, again, with open carry, um, they've been able to adjust. As always, law enforcement seems to be able to uh, find a way to, uh, again, adjust to different things that uh, – uh, sometimes, quite frankly, our policymakers haven't thought about when they enact certain laws. And uh, But we do a good job overall, and I think we'll continue to do that here in, in Tulsa County. Sheriff Vic Regalado speaking with Rick earlier this week. A text her at 95920, and if we've already addressed this, I, I don't think we have specifically. Um, your current um, concealed carry permit, is it just irrelevant at this point? It just doesn't matter that you have that? No, I mean, it's in the law that you can still you can still have it, and they'll still issue you one, mm. but it you don't need it. It is in the law, right? Right. It just says that you don't need it. Uh, somebody asked a question: Is it illegal then to carry concealed carry if you have a license into a place that has a no firearm sign? You cannot. Yeah, so that would be illegal. Yeah, I mean it's it's not just that. I mean, this law does specifically address that. So if you if a business owner put, puts out a sign that says no firearms. 
you carry a firearm in, that business owner discovers it and calls police, you are then in violation of this law. Which is why we said many times, remember, your rights don't step on someone else's, theirs don't step on yours in any case. But that case, that business owner has that right. And by the way, the sheriff, you know, the sheriff being on is probably going to have people ask, why didn't you have the police chief on? Well, I did contact him. He was out of town. He's in Chicago. And his response was, we just don't try to comment on new legislation. It is the new law. We will adjust accordingly. We will enforce it. And we've given our officers a one sheet. 1023 KRMG, Tulsa's news and talk, where we tell you the three big things you need to know every 15 minutes, all day. Now, back to the KRMG Morning News, 8 a.m. in-depth hour. It's the KRMG Morning News with Dan Potter's special 8 a.m. in-depth hour as constitutional carry, permitless carry, your choice, goes into effect tomorrow across the state of Oklahoma. I'm joined by Rick Corey and uh, with attorney Tim Gilpin. Rick? Tim, I know as you started to, to get into this, you found some interesting things. What surprised you the most when you started really researching? You know, uh, there's a lot in here that's surprising, to be honest with you, but that it covers a lot more than firearms, machetes, loaded canes, hand chain, knuckles. That surprised me. Uh, it surprises me that they um, they go into items like, for instance, colleges, universities, Votex. Mm-hmm. You cannot carry uh, into the into the grounds of the college, university, or technology center, but you can in the parking lot. So you can park your car with it. They also have an, an exception that unless the building that that university or college is in authorizes it for that building for some purposes, or the the uh, university gives you written consent by the college president or technology center administrator to carry a gun, a loaded cane, a machete, which would be an odd circumstance, but I, I presume that's maybe for their own reasons. Right. Um, you know, there is a really quite a bit in here. For instance, uh, elected officials, guess what? Your county commissioner can carry a gun um, in the courthouse, uh, but not in the courtroom. Uh, the sheriff can uh, designate people, employees uh, in the office. Uh, as long as they have, these people have a licensed, uh, county commissioners can designate people in their office to carry as long as they have a valid handgun license. So they, they carved out quite a few. But on those, they said they had to have a license. So that is different. They've been, they've been given an exception with a license to carry in those places. That's right. All right. And, you know, there's a lot of questions about the differences like this. What's the difference in a licensed to carry citizen and an unlicensed carrying citizen? What are the differences? Well, one has a license and one doesn't. But in the long run, now that we've now that this bill when it goes into effect at midnight tonight, I mean, there really isn't much, is there? Well, the only differences would be like, for instance, again, that example of a university or courthouse where right. someone says designates an individual mm-hmm. is able to carry concealed and says one of the requirements to that is that you have a license. We've had a lot of questions about states and crossovers to states. Um, what do we know about that? Uh, there are several states that have the same type law, and our law recognizes their law, so they're permitted in Oklahoma now. All right. So as we, as we look at that, and the other thing is, and we only got about a half minute to go or so, but the other thing is, it's um, it's there's going to be challenges, and there are going to be caveats, and things are going to be put in. So we're only at the beginning of this, aren't we? Oh, yeah. And think about it like this way. When I researched this, this is a series of statutes. I've got like a stack of paper in front of me right here that you, you have to go through and look at the exceptions and read it carefully. We haven't had any uh, violations or alleged violations of these laws in front of a judge or a court or a jury yet, and that's going to do a lot to it. And remember, when they go in there, that judge can carry. That uh, well, but not in the courtroom apparently, <laughs> right, right, but right, in right. the courthouse. All right, and well, that's happened in it, Tulsa County. It has. It's an interesting time, isn't it? All right, thank you, Tim. Thank you, Rick. Tim, thanks. 
Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.